Hello, I'm Helen Tower. Welcome to my podcast. Today I will be talking with Dr. Caroline Madden. She is a marriage and family therapist who specializes in affair recovery. Based in LA, she is a pro marriage therapist. She's written five books From Soulmates to Roommates When Your Spouse Loses a Parent, and three that have to do with recovering from infidelity. Fool Me Once, Blindsided by His Betrayal, and After a Good Man Cheats. So sit back and thank you so much for listening. Dr. Caroline Madden, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, certainly, we're in the Twitter tribe, we are very grateful for your presence, uh, for your responses to our desperate tweets sometimes, and for your <laughs> empathy. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for having me as an honorary member of the, the tribe. I do uh, value it, and I'm very honored by it. Yes, now we appreciate you very much. So I think I speak for most of them when I say that there are many of them have sent messages and tweets like we are really looking forward to this episode. So, yes, that makes me happy. <laughs> Great. Okay, you've written five books um, about relationship. Uh, you have worked, you finished your studies in 1993 from what I read in your um website. Uh, by the way, people can uh, find all your details on carolinemadden.com. Uh, you are a marriage and family therapist based in LA. You are pro-marriage uh, and uh, your book's uh, titles are From Soulmates to Roommates, When Your Spouse Loses a Parent, um, Blindsided by His Betrayal, After a Good Man Cheats, and Fool Me Once. So um, I would like to start from there because uh, I think at least three of the books have to do with recovery from infidelity and you make your views very clear. So let's start from Fool Me Once. Your position here, you say you don't forgive a second time cheating. However, there, there are uh, people who are recovering from several betrayals uh, and they are finally after I mean and it can be years between one affair and then the second affair and it's not always with the same person so there are all sorts of variations how about those people that who are recovering from several betrayals what do you think well uh, first of all I'd like to say you know I wrote the books um, the three books on helping uh, marriages recover after infidelity, because there seemed to be two camps that were very extreme. There was the once a cheater, always a cheater. It's a nar he's a narcissist. She's a narcissist. You need to leave right away. Just leave in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. And then there was the other extreme, which was you made vows. Uh, we're all sinners. You just need to make it work no matter what he does, however he abuses you, how many mm. times he cheats. And so what, fool me once was is developing criteria like how do you know he, this is a remorseful husband who is committed to doing the work to honoring you again prioritizing the marriage again 
um, and who's just suckering you in uh, so that he could cheat on you again. So that's what Fool Me Once did is taking more of a clinical perspective, which is what are, you know, if this is happening, it's more likely he's going to cheat on you again versus if this happens. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's it. It's a small book. Um, it's not, you know, lengthy uh, because I do find like, you know, you find out your husband's cheated. Um, you don't have a lot of uh, bandwidth to go through a large book. You you want like, if this, then that, right? Yes. So that's fool me once. So um, uh, the, what I would do is I would distinguish the difference between multiple affairs and multiple mm -hmm. D-days, which everyone in the tribe and probably listening to this podcast knows that a D-day is discovery day. That's when, oh, my God, this has happened. And and you realize like your whole world is is upended. That is D-Day, as, mm -hmm. as you well know. OK, that's different than multiple affairs. I, I will just use a husband wife example to make things easier. And because mm -hmm. my books are for men who have gone outside uh, the marriage covenant, they're all geared towards heterosexual relationships where the man has gone outside the marriage and the woman is the betrayed spouse. So that's uh, my place of expertise and where I'll yeah. speak from. Um, but so, cause for me, it isn't, the affairs. Okay. And again, I'm not, I'm not the wife <laughs> dealing with it, but for me clinically as the therapist, it's about D-Day. It's right. about you finding okay. out how many affairs there were, how many women, how many prostitutes, how many men, mm -hmm. how many, whatever. Mm. Um, and going through that journey of your husband connecting with your pain, mm -hmm. seeing their one strong, wife curled up in the fetal position, crying, having her whole world turned around, looking at her husband in the eyes, like, I don't even know who you are. That is D-Day. That is the experience. Okay. If a man can go through that, connect with his wife's pain, see how he's destroyed her. He's rebuilt trust with her and then does it again. I think there's something wrong with him. And I don't think women should stay with multiple D-Days. Right. Multiple affairs is different. Okay. Because for men, a lot of men, they love their wives. They love their family. None of this is to break it all up. And in fact, in, in some ways, in their kind of insanity, they view having an affair as being a good husband and good father. They twist it in their minds so much. So they're not doing it to leave their wife and kids. They're just selfish and having some fun. Right. Um, and when they do see the devastation and they do see the hurt, they they would never hurt their wife on purpose. But they told themselves, my wife's never going to find out. If she yeah. doesn't know, it won't hurt her. All those lies, which of course are untrue, which they discover sadly after D-Day happens. <laughs> so it's multiple D-Days. Because I think if, if your husband could see you go through that and you rebuild and you stay and he does it again, then either he is a cheating, cheating narcissist, shady McShader, as I call mm -hmm. him. Mm. Um, or just, he's just too messed up. He had a bad mm. childhood or whatever, but you know, there's, there's one time of, he didn't really get the damage it would cause. It sounds so silly, but they really don't. They get that their wife will be angry, right? They get right. that their wife will be angry, take everything, put it on the porch and set it on fire. They understand anger. They are totally unprepared for the pain the devastation, the uncertainty. They just didn't realize someone could love them that much and be that devastated. It surprises them. 
Um, what? So that's my, so multiple affairs are one thing. Multiple D days are different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what are some tips for making an emotionally unavailable spouse, in this case, a, a cheating husband, get in touch with the feelings of the, the betrayed wife and with their own feelings so that they will be able not to do it again? Because I find that they they do let's say they are naughty they are caught they are then remorseful they rebuild but it stops there it's like they say okay i won't do it again but they don't really look inwards they they grown up as so um emotionally unavailable because that's what they learn from their parents and they find it extremely difficult to look inwards so they just avoid 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 and they just say I'm going to be a good boy. And like my husband, he is very determined and very strong character. So once he decides he's going to do something or not going to do something, he follows through. But I am afraid that is not enough. So how can um, someone like me and many of members of the tribe who have done growth work, we have grown out of this painful experience and we see that our spouses are lagging behind but they are behaving well but I have at the back of my mind and I think many of us that there can be a relapse because they are not reeling with the core problem so what do you suggest what are some tips that you could give us so that we can sort of manipulate them into getting in touch with their feelings without you know because it's like two years down the line it's not anymore like I'm leaving you or I'm separating it's not that catastrophic the chaos have passed things have calmed down but we still see that we are growing we keep growing and they're sort of stuck so what can we do well there's several things there one is I believe that men should take a leadership role in infidelity recovery so that he should, um, you know, download books and and try to do some soul searching, however that is for him. Um, I, of course, I'm going to plug therapy. Being being a therapy and infidelity recovery coach, I think yeah. that getting through something like this without uh, a third party who's trained in helping couples get through this is difficult, um, because. It's, it's normally when a couple experiences something, it, it feels like it's from outside the marriage. Mm-hmm. Like it's something you guys can communicate and tackle together. But what do you do when your husband's on a team with another woman? How are you on the same team moving forward together? And there can be where you outgrow him. And then, then you don't want to be married to him anymore. Yeah. So he does have to show the um, the desire to dig deeper and you can't make him desire that. Exactly. And so even even when you're saying it, it feels like it's caught up and because it is like, OK, this bad thing happened to you in the past and you want to make sure. And I say you and I don't mean you personally, Helen. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like you meaning generalized betrayed spouse. Right. I don't yeah. I don't want it to be like you, Helen. A bit. But um but it's this idea of what magic formula, what secret sauce is there? Can I guarantee my husband's not going to do this again? 
Mm. Right. And, and there's always like some variation of the lucky rabbit's foot of how can he maybe do the work so he doesn't do it again. So having said that and saying therapy or working with an infidelity recovery coach um, and is, is important because of course, in the beginning, there are all the questions, right? The why, 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 mm-hmm. why? And there's a barrage of questions all the time. And uh, then you have a man who has shame for what he did, right? Yes. I, I try to tell my men, work past your shame. Shame yes. is a selfish thing. You need to work on guilt, right? right? Guilt is something God gives us. You've done something wrong, but it's your behavior. You can make amends. You can do better versus shame is I'm a bad person, right? Guilt is mm-hmm. I've done a bad thing and shame is I'm a bad person. So it, it's working past shame because shame leads to bad decisions. And in fact, shame probably led somewhere to the affair, right? Leads to Mm -hmm. drug use, you know, just uh, toxic behavior. Okay. But I think what women can miss is how for a man who has done this because he believes himself fundamentally to be unlovable, right? That's something broken with him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm for him to go outside his marriage. Cause that's not, that's not right. That's not the right thing to do is betray your best friend and your partner, someone you gave your name to someone you made part of your family. Like it's not right. Yeah. There's something wrong there. Okay. And one of the things can be wrong is feeling unlovable. Yeah. And so when, when a man thinks, gee, if my wife ever found out I cheated, she would set my stuff on fire and leave me in a heartbeat. <laughs> She'd be so angry at me. And instead she stays and mm. she fights and she's like, let's do therapy. I don't want to lose you. Then maybe there's hysterical bonding, a lot of sex going on. And he's mm. just like, I didn't even know. A lot of my husbands didn't even know their wives liked them anymore because there's <laughs> been so much conflict and criticism and, and, uh, yeah. and I'm not blaming right. women for it. I'm just saying like they, they feel unloved, for, yes. you know, and sometimes it's a black hole and it doesn't matter what a wife does he will always feel unloved because that's what he, who he was before he got married. But with this experience of their really strong wife saying, I'm, I'm staying, I love you. I'm hurt. I am your strong wife. And now I'm in the fetal position. They say someone could love me that much that they would be this hurt. They're perplexed. Oh, come on. That's not how you really feel. And there's a lot of minimizing and a lot of it. But once they experience it, like I try to get women to move from the anger stage to the vulnerable stage, mm-hmm. um, because once that hits, then a man's like, oh, I really have someone who had my back. I mm-hmm. was loved this entire time. And guess what? Every lie they told themselves of how their wife wouldn't listen to them. They couldn't reach their wife. Whatever is clearly a lie because there their wife is staying, loving Kim. Mm hmm wanting to work on things, reading books, starting podcasts, right? (laughs) Trying to figure it out. And they take that in and say, wow, I am lovable. And I can see this in a kind of a second stage of recovery of a man almost like blossoming um, of there was this near-death experience of they were caught cheating. And of course, their wife was going to leave them, blow up the family, divorce them, humiliate them, all deserved, right? All deserved. Yes. And yet she makes a different choice. And that's like, 
if you love me, husband, let's try to work on this. They yeah. feel so loved. And it's like this hole inside of them that had been there somehow gets closed and they feel it, it, many men, like so many men have just described it as a near death experience mm-hmm. and that they love life and they are fully present in life and all of the distractions that they were doing before they have no need to, because they, they thought that they were harmless and they thought that, um, no one would be hurt. Um, and then when that bubble gets popped with reality, they're just like, oh, plus they didn't realize how much time and energy, mm-hmm. the lying, the dual yeah. life, all of yeah. that. And they see the darkness in it and they just don't even want that anymore. So, mm-hmm. it, it, but, you know, are they saying that? Sometimes they are. You can see it as there are like um, being super positive, right? Which is so annoying. Yeah. Um, but that really is like, oh my God, I have this whole life that I almost lost through my stupidity. Thank God I did it. So th- there can be something transformative just in the wow. working on the marriage. That That's very powerful. And that speaks a lot, very loud to myself uh, because I can relate to every one of the transformations you have just described in my husband. It's about those distractions in life. They are all gone. For the first time in 24 years, he is focused in his home in a way that he never was before. So there was definitely, now that you are putting it like that, I can see the transformation and the, and the healing, let's say, of his traumas or his life stories that he had. And, um, and we did have help uh, at the beginning, but the thing is, I was having my doubts like two years down the line because it's where we are. And mm-hmm. at some point, you know, we can't, we, I suppose we have to accept, well, we are doing great. Yes, we do have our bumps on the road, but with the tools that we, we got through the pain and through the growth, we can have the awkward conversations in a way we could never before Mm -hmm. and even though it's still not perfect it's much better than what we had before which was a completely lack of communication which led to the disconnection and eventually the affair so it's not right but i think it's getting better well and and the idea is like yes in a marriage to be that vulnerable and that emotionally naked with each other right but now he has done the worst of the worst, Mm. right? He's cheated on you. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't mean you personally. You betrayed. Yes. 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 Um, Here he's done the worst thing ever. He is just really like, this is it. It's cheating. Mm -hmm. Right. And yet you still love him. Mm -hmm. And he can tell you his story of how he betrayed you, how he deceived you. You could hear all of that. You could be devastated. You could cry. And you're still there and not because I'm staying because of the kids or blah, 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 blah. But like, he knows you love him. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it can be very transformative and that the communication, I mean, compared to, I cheated on you when here's all the details to, I had a bad day at work. I'm worried I'm going to get fired or I got a ticket from the police or mm-hmm. I'm really worried about my mother being ill. It's like, 
what could he say that you would reject him if he cheated, told you everything and you didn't <laughs> reject him? It's like, I could tell her anything. Like, let's just, let's just say everything. And especially, you know, when a man's cheating and I, I, you know, my book is called after a good man cheats. And because mm-hmm. I do believe good people can make very poor, terrible, awful decisions. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're evil or, or wrong. Uh, I mean, wrong in spirit. Um, but it's, the the being able to communicate fully and be absolutely vulnerable and have that accepted it's like what could compare to that there's nothing that can compare to that so why not be honest i mean you said the worst of the worst plus yeah. what men realize is when they engage in this dual life they stop talking to their wife at all yeah, they minimize talking. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to say something, right? <laughs> they mm-hmm. said that they went to Costco for three hours, okay, <laughs> and instead they went to a girl's house, right? Like they can't say anything. They can't talk about Costco. They can't talk about groceries. They can't talk about work. They can't talk about anything. They just stop talking at all because they're so afraid something is going to. Yeah, um, and so they they stop talking. Yeah. No, listen, you have given the romantic interpretation to recovering from infidelity because I've been feeling lately a little bit sad that, you know, this romantic fairy tale that we grew up with, we have discovered is not true. There is no such thing as happily ever after without putting in the work. Uh, And uh, I I sort of feel betrayed by life, by society, by Disney characters, by all that. Uh, but now that you put it like this, and it's really the ultimate uh, law, um, proof that you love someone when you are able to uh, be willing as a betrayed spouse to work through the pain and fight for your marriage and for the life you have built with that person, like you say, not just because of the children or because of the finances, but because you still love that person. It's not so easy just to switch it off. You actually can't just switch it off. Maybe no. slowly afterwards, you can become disappointed and you outgrow the person. And then you say, well, we can't continue. And, but that's a different story. But really and truly, what most of us have done who have decided to stay in the marriage is, you know, it's really the ultimate proof of love, isn't it? Well, it, it's, it's a type of unconditional love. However, I will mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. part of the conditions I put on before working with the couple is if this happens again, you need to divorce him. Yes. Yeah. My that, mentor that is, told me that. Yes. That, that, that is really clear. There's one time of us working through this mm-hmm. and me loving you again and trying to get through and us holding hands and getting through this fire together, but you do it again and I'm out and there yes. is no and- second question. It's, Done. Yes, that has helped me a lot as a betrayed wife. When I'm in my lows, uh, I just remind him and I just say, you know, because we, I can't blind trust him anymore. I cannot trust him blindly like I used to. So, um, so yeah, this, this gives me like a, a um, how can I say it? Um, a base I can cling on, uh, a strong base where I can hold on to when I uh, when I'm having doubts, not doubts that he's cheating again, because now I know the signs, I know everything, mm-hmm. but and he knows that I know, so right? I, I mean, I will spot it in instantly. But um, having doubts about 
my decision of staying with someone who dared to betray me the way he did. But that's now in the past, but still down two years down the line, I still have these thoughts and I suppose I will have them five years down the line and 10 years down the line. So do you think what, we can what, say what thoughts do you think you're going to have? If I made the right decision in staying with him, because I'm only, I feel that I'm only, only getting older. And once I decide, well, I'm not going to break off this life and start my life on my own. So the, the years that I stay after D-Day, let's say, are mm -hmm. years that I am investing in this project and it's still in my marriage. Um, so I, I wonder if five years down the line, I will have, be having the same doubts like maybe I wasted these five past years in building a life of my own well I I, I hope not um, I hope I, not. <laughs> I, I would say my the clients I have would say that that doesn't happen R okay. really what what happens is that it, this becomes something that if you guys do this we'll call it do it right okay you are in a relationship where you're communicating better Mm -hmm. The husband you always thought you have, you actually have, who's grateful, who wakes up every day feeling like he had a near-death experience, right? Mm -hmm. Forgives you. The little things that used to annoy him so much about you suddenly also don't seem so annoying. Because again, he did this big thing and you yeah. love him and you stayed. Then maybe he can deal with the way you make the bed or remake the bed after he's made the bed. <laughs> Right? right? Like the annoying things. Like sometimes I have to convince husbands, you need to start fighting with your wife again. It's like, what do <laughs> I have to fight about? Like whatever she wants, I'm going to give her. Right. And it's like, no, <laughs> you have to like get skin back in the game, you know, cause you not fighting with her is a reminder of why you're not fighting with her. You need to like get back in there. She needs to hear what's going on, you know? So Ideally, what will happen is that you will look back at D-Day and it will be this like bad thing that happened, but that your attitude, both of you together, defined what happened, right? You didn't let it define you and break you. You yeah. let it make you stronger, okay? Mm -hmm. And that you look at that and you say, well, that was a terrible thing that happened. But from the terrible thing, we have better communication, better sex. We're solid. No one can break us apart. And this is actually what I've seen in clients who have returned, right? So they, we did infidelity work years ago, and then they've mm -hmm. returned for problems with the child. I will just mm. leave it lightly like that, cancer diagnosis or whatever. And they're, they're mm. coming in, and they're like, we know we could beat anything, yeah, right? But we figured we should check in with you with these <laughs> okay. major things going on, right? Because you're our therapist, right? I'm like, well, I'm glad you're here. But they do. They're communicating. They're on the same page. They're stronger. They're like, we can get through anything together. Bring it, you know? Uh, for your husband and for the husbands out there, um, unfortunately for them, see, the, in the beginning, it's this thing that the betrayed spouse thinks of every second of every day, every minute, dreams, mm -hmm. nightmares, if you can even sleep, okay? But then yeah. that translates to, this is just something that when you think about it, it's annoying. You're frankly annoyed you thought of her, the affair partner, it, whatever. You're just annoyed, and then you go about your day. But when your husband thinks of it, it's now, he's the man who thought he would never cheat on his wife. He was mm -hmm. never going to be that man, and yet ended up being that man. Mm -hmm. And he has to always carry himself in a way of knowing he can there's a slippery slope yeah 
You know, he always has to have those optics. If my wife walked in and saw this or saw it on social media or it was reported to by another, what would my wife think? Mm -hmm. So he has to go through life. And I don't want it to be from a shameful place, but -hmm. from a self-knowing place. No, I can't have a one-on-one relationship with a woman coworker that I think is attractive. I just can't. The old me would have fooled myself and said that was okay and appropriate. Right. That me knowing myself, I know there's a slippery slope there. And plus, if Helen found out about any of this, if my, my wife found out, how would she feel? Yeah. Well, I don't want her to feel like that. And that's why I say multiple affairs are one thing. Multiple D-Days are another thing. To know how you feel and do it again is knowingly stabbing you in the back. There's right. no accident about that. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how are couples who have decided to recover from infidelity scarred? But now I would say, well, we are somehow stronger. You just, you just answer that. We're not really scarred. We, we are stronger. Well, I don't view it so much as scarred is, you know, life happens. Yeah. And, I, and not to minimize it because it's a big life happening. Yeah. But we all get through a lot in mm. life. Yeah. Um, and it's another, it's another thing, but I, I use the Kool-Aid example, you know, it's like when mom made Kool-Aid, didn't even know what the flavor was. The flavor was just red, right? Yeah. Red flavor. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then she'd pour in the, uh, the Kool-Aid into the pitcher and she put in a little water and it was still fiery red, fiery red, but the more yeah. water she put in, the more white ice she put in, then it became diluted and if we were in my office I would say and my office if we filled up the my entire office with water and ice the Kool-Aid is still there but would you be able to see it would it be fiery red it would not you would might taste it occasionally right you wouldn't see it but it's still there it hasn't gone anywhere and so what is you know the affair is the fiery red Kool-Aid and the water and ice are time and trust Mm -hmm. you know if you looked back at your if you look back at your journal from two years ago, which anyone listening to me, if you have found out your husband has cheated, please start a journal immediately right yes. this second. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because if you look back at month one, mm. month one, you would never believe you would be here at year two. You'd just be like, that's just not even, that's just not even possible. Right. Yes. Cause so often in life, and we do this with a lot of things, we keep looking for where we want to go. Those magical goalposts and we don't spend enough time saying god but we're not back where we were exactly yeah you're right yeah and that's and that helps so much when we are in our lows just to look back i mean i use my blog as a reference or the books because the books are from the blog and when i when i'm feeling a little bit down i just read i'm I'm glad you reminded me because actually i've been a little bit uh, down these past few days and i haven't looked back um, I just feel frustrated that uh, my husband is not, it doesn't want to talk about it uh, the way I want him to talk about it. Uh, but I have to acknowledge that we have improved a lot in our communication. So, and, and, and I am missing that part of looking back and seeing how far I've come and all the things I've achieved. And regardless of, of the appreciation that he, he might give me, you know, I basically want him to say, oh, I, I think it's great that you are talking to Caroline and to all the therapists and helping people in the tribe. But it's not his character. He's never going to say 
anything like that. And he and he just told me last night, he said, you know, I've never asked you not to do what you do. I respect the outlet that you have for your pain, but don't expect me to say bravo and all these things because it's not in my character. And, you know, even though I wish it was different, it's not him. And, and he told me, I can't lie to you. I'm honest. At least he's being honest. And it could be worse. So I have to sort of, accept many times I, I think of this phrase I am stuck with him and he is stuck with me because we've built all this life and we love each other so mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a good we are stuck with each other but in a good way because there's love and respect and admiration but mm-hmm. I've become pickier after the infidelity I want it my way I mean I could he could get away with not telling me bravo, blah, 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 and all these things before, because I don't, I I am self-confident enough. I just wish that, you know, my partner, my husband would say bravo, like my boys do. I have a Mm 21-year-old and an 18-year-old, and they're bravo, mom, you know, they Mm -hmm. do, they're really empathetic, and they really know how to cheer me up. My husband is incapable, but it's because he was brought up in a way that nobody ever cheered him up. So he is more of a, in the love languages, he is more of an act of uh, um, service, acts of service. And I am more mm-hmm. of a words person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he is incapable of articulating anything nice towards his wife because he is able to do it with his um, people at work that are under him, but not not with his wife because his reptile brain has been taught that the wife you take for granted sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also, I mean, not to speak to the other aspects of your marriage, but it's basically, you know, for most guys, it's the most shameful, awful thing that they have done. Mm-hmm. They are ashamed. And yes. so you've taken this thing that he's terribly, terribly ashamed of. And no, he knows you're like processing the pain for, through doing all of it. But it's also like, take the worst thing you've ever done, Helen. Yes. And, and then someone's made a podcast or books out of it or whatever. It's like, hi, okay, (laughs) here's the worst thing I've ever done. And you're talking about it all the time. And of course there's a fear that men have that the more you talk about it, Mm -hmm. the more you won't get past it. Right. Right. And so, so I, I, my practice isn't limited just to uh, men who have cheated. I definitely have my wives uh, who have cheated. So it's interesting because I get to see just men. How do men, the man, like wh- how, what's going on with you, dude? Like what's happening? Okay, I'm from LA, so I say dude. Yeah. And so a man comes in who's been cheated by his wife, right? Mm. He doesn't want to know the details. Mm. He wants to kind of know a timeline-ish. He wants to know it's over. He wants to know, did you love the guy? Because if you loved him, I'm out. If you loved me and this was something stupid you did, then I'll try to work on it. Okay. But really quickly, he wants to put it in a box and move forward. How can we have a better marriage? How can I be a better husband? What books should I be reading? Okay. (laughs) Now, this is the man who's been cheated on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Plus, he's really, really, really angry. Okay, that's the other thing. Yeah. Very like women get angry, but you know, men get angry and they get scary. Um, yeah. So they get su- super duper 
duper angry. But uh, what I'm able to see is like, oh, this is how men deal. So whether they're cheated on or they're the cheater, they have the same philosophy, which is like, put it in a box and move mm-hmm. forward. So I yes. think what men do is they do this, you know, do unto others as you want done to you. Like if, if, if your husband was you, he wouldn't want to talk about it. He'd want to yeah. put it in a little box and move forward. Right. So that was my book uh, after a good man cheats. It's basically like you're not married to a man. You're married to a woman. We're (laughs) wired differently. So everything you're doing that would be so great if you were married to a guy, presumably, is backfiring. All your great ideas are all just really backfiring um, because you're married to a woman. And we need to know every single detail about everything. Mm-hmm. We can't just put it in a box and never talk about it again. The okay. best thing he could do is come up to you and say, gee, I'm, I'm wondering how you're doing today. And I just, how did the, how did the podcast go? And did you learn anything? And is there something I could read or help with? Like yeah. that would help a whole lot, but it's like, yes. Oh, if the day is good, day's good. Yeah. Let's not mention it. Why yeah, ruin yeah. it? Why exactly. ruin it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh exactly. God. When I tell my men like, Hey, after a really great evening, and wonderful lovemaking session. Yeah. I want you the next day to talk about the affair. They're like, yeah. you were crazy. Yeah. My wife paid you money. I'm yeah. like, no, what you need to say is, hey, we had a great time. It was so nice to see a smile. You deserve happiness. I robbed mm. you of some happiness. So glad you had a good day. I haven't forgotten what I did. Mm-hmm. I'm still showing up every day and being faithful and I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I mean that, cause otherwise a woman usually gets angry. Like, Oh, I was vulnerable. He'll think yeah. everything's okay. Let me get yeah. angry. And he's like, didn't we have a good day? You did have a good day. That's why she's angry. That's why you need to do what I told you to do, which is say you remember. Yes. You're yes. still, it, you're still not over it, honey, but I'm glad we had a good day. Exactly. But I think it's like you say, they think it's going to have the opposite effect. They are so scared to bring it up because they think it's just going to backfire. And it's just the total opposite. And it doesn't matter how many times we explain it to them because they are wired differently. They it's it's very, very difficult. Well, and that's where in in my book, not to plug my book, but after Good Man Cheats, I I even have I think the chapter is called Why Is My Wife Acting Crazy? Okay. Yes, it's very good book, by the way. Thank you. It goes into like, okay, you're a dude, your wife's a woman. This is how she's mm-hmm. thinking. You're saying this thing. This is what she's hearing. Yes. She's saying this. Mm-hmm. She's saying this thing. This is what she really means. Even though she mm-hmm. might not even know what she means. This is what she's getting at. Women found that book so helpful. They actually read it themselves. And that's yes. why I wrote Blindsided by his betrayals. I just took that research and tailored it more directly for, for women, but it gets in the woman's mindset of like, Oh, she does think differently. Oh, when I say to her, gee, you and my fair partner would really uh, be friends. If you met under different circumstances, why she takes the kitchen knife and she's walking towards you. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I'm just trying to say, you know yeah something nice (laughs) speaking of the affair partner uh, Mm -hmm. another of your uh, don'ts is don't contact the affair partner or the spouse of the affair partner and recently there has there has been uh, 
there was a question on Twitter and I saw that you, you really said that you strongly advise against contacting the spouse of the affair partner, which I didn't do. Uh, it was the same advice I was given too. But there are people who whose lives are so entangled with the affair partner and the spouse of the affair partner uh, that it's quite difficult. Some of them see them uh, almost on a daily basis and it's really hard. Um, well, and, and that and that might be a different category. One, the affair partner, what I would say is it depends. Okay. The affair, contacting the affair partner uh, depends. If you think the affair partner's not going to continue to lie to you, cover up, um, make things worse, uh, say bad. It's like it can go – I've seen it go both ways. It's like 50-50 mm-hmm. at this point. What I do say is it can distract from you working on your own marriage, mm-hmm. right? Blaming her, being angry at her. It's your husband made vows to you. She didn't. Um, when it's a friend, though, it is difficult. That's a double betrayal. Yeah. Um, and how could you not tell your friend, I know you're sleeping with my husband. Like that's, that's, you know, I, you know, I deal with the real world. Um, it's, uh, and frequently actually it's the affair partner who contacts the wife. Oh. Um, yeah. You're like, Ooh, yeah. So sometimes there's a discovery, but sometimes the husband has broken things off with the affair partner finally yeah. for good after mm-hmm. many attempts to try to do it. Mm-hmm. And so she decides to ruin his life by having the wife know, actually contacting her directly, setting up a fake Facebook account or Instagram account, doing it, yeah. having a friend do it, doing it anonymously or whatever. And it's not to help the wife. It's really to punish the man and hope that then the wife will, of course, leave him and then she can have the husband. So it's multi-layered there. Yeah. Um, but let's talk because I, because the affair partner's husband. Yes, please. Contacting the affair partner's husband is a really bad idea. I, I think it's one thing if you're talking about like you're, you, you know each other or whatever, but that honestly might make it worse. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so many things. Um, multiple clients have had, has thought that was a great idea and had guns, right? Cause I live in the United States guns mm. brought to their family home with their children inside or just missed their kids. The kids actually got picked up by a carpool or whatever, mm. but you have a husband who's after your husband for cheating. Cause as pissed off as you are at the affair yes. partner, cause let's be honest, that's the real reason. You're yeah. wanting to contact the affair partner's husband. You could say it's all virtuous. He's a victim. What about STDs? It's like you want to make her life and her marriage as miserable as yours. And it is not fair. She's getting away with doing this to you. So you're going to screw her by telling yeah. her husband. That is the real reason. Okay. There yeah. you go. Okay. But by doing that is you don't know who this woman is. You yeah. don't know if she's leaving an abusive relationship. I'm not excusing affairs, but I'm saying there are a whole lot of reasons people do it. Yeah. Uh, one, they've been lied to by your husband, that things are over between the two of you and you're getting divorced, but you're staying together for the kids variation. Yes. So she doesn't yeah. even know she's an affair partner because she's yeah. been lied to. Okay. Uh-huh. But also you don't know what you do know is she's sleeping with another woman's husband. That's not exercising good judgment. 
you don't know what crazy life she lives in that she thinks that this is a good idea. So you don't know if her husband's crazy. Multiple times, multiple times, husbands have come to clients' house with kids inside with guns because I live in the United States. Okay. I had clients who came to me last year that the affair partner's husband had already done a murder-suicide. Oh, yes, yes. So he did find out because she was told, thank God she was not told by the wife. Because how would you live, no matter how much you hate her, no matter how much you hate her, thinking that you caused her to be murdered, like how do you live with yourself after that? Like that's that's scary. So, I mean, she was traumatized. Her husband Mm. was also traumatized since it was his, you know, lover. Uh, But yeah, he found out and did a murder-suicide. Like, oh my God. So that's like the worst, okay? Other things are uh, husbands taking to social media. Um, If it's a coworker, the the affair partner says, oh, well, he's in a position above me or he had power over me. Hashtag me too, your husband gets fired. And whether or not you want to stay with him, you want that man to have a paycheck to pay you alimony and to pay you child support. The last thing you want is him accused of rape or Mm -hmm. sexual harassment that then he does not work. True. Right. So there's that, that happens frequently. What are some Mm. of the bad things? Oh, the thing is in the beginning, you don't know if you're staying or going, you're just so angry at your husband. You hate the woman who did this to you. Okay. But then guess what? You stay, you stay and you guys are making it through. And isn't it so great? And yet the husband won't stop driving up and down your street. Yeah. Cause guess what? He's in the neighborhood. What are you mm. going to call the police and say, oh, my husband's affair partner's husband is driving up and down neighborhood streets, but he does that, gets involved in church, goes on social media, gives your husband's business terrible Yelp reviews. You can't yeah. go back to your church. I yeah, mean, we... he will go ballistic, except men go violent. They get really, really angry, even when they love their wives and they want to stay in everything. We don't do a good job of helping men express sadness and that they're wounded we really reward them a lot and there are a lot of guns in the united states what would you uh, advise one of our uh, tribe members the the husband of the affair partner he knows about the affair uh she didn't i don't remember if she told him anyway he knows he's informed but they live in the same area and uh, he happens to pass by where they are sometimes, not necessarily their home, but let's say in a public area, uh, shopping or whatever. And he waves at her and her husband. He waves at them as, as if nothing happened, as if we are great friends. And she just, you know, the, the betrayed wife just gets upset just to see him and just to see the wife who was the affair partner uh, and and how, you know, all the affair changed her peace her peaceful life so how can she overcome this what can she do shall he shall she ignore him shall she show him the root finger what 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 well the thing is to say the thing is well what can happen and also why telling the husband can be a bad idea i understand he already knows on his own okay but he has no one to talk to because he won't go to therapy he won't go to his minister the person right. he usually goes to talk about with all of his personal stuff is his wife, the person who betrayed him. Who betrayed he doesn't him. want to tell. He doesn't want to tell his mama this has gone on. <laughs> he doesn't want to tell any of his friends. Okay, yeah. so he's seething in it. But then 
what do you know? There is a woman who knows. And guess what? Yeah. It's you. So exactly. in the beginning, it feels really good. You're all a Twitter. What are the details? What did you say? Give me a screenshot of this. I'm not sure I, if he deleted his text messages. And you're both in this, you know, I call it the murder board, right? You're both doing CSI together and it feels very bonding. But mm-hmm. then guess what? You move on or you see therapy. You could talk to your girlfriends. Um, there are avenues for women to talk about things. Okay. Meanwhile, he has you. So mm-hmm. he's still calling you. Then he's calling you drunk. Then he's wondering if you guys should have a revenge affair. Yeah. Uh, right. And so it's like, oh, the, the affair partner's husband, you just, it's such a variable. So in this case, he's like, hi, I see you. Right. Like waving hi. Yeah. He's prob- you know, like I see you. So he might even view it not as a threatening gesture. But it's just like, oh, hi, there you are. Here I am, too. We've gone through this thing together. We see each other. I know Mm. your husband isn't the golden boy that he has everyone believing in the community. I know who he is. Right. Right. So, hi. You know, he's also saying hi to the husband. Like, hi, you're lucky I don't come over there. Because if I was a real man, I'd punch you in the face. Yeah. Because that's really what I want to do. So it's probably not about her. And if it's about her, it's about a kindred bondship of I see you, sister. Um, he's not fooling me. Or I'm I've risen above it. I'm yeah. I'm so good. You know, like it's called reaction formation, um, which is like it so doesn't bug me. I'm even saying hi to you. That's so how she strong can't, we are. She can't she can't really make it go away. I mean, he's there, and but how can how can somebody who who sees either the the spouse of the affair partner or the affair partner because of work or because they live nearby or or whatever reason, how, how can they deal with the fact that they is this thing of the more you see them, the more you get used to the fact that they are part of the environment, and then you care less, like the Kool Aid thing. Well, it, it uh, the first thing is it is hard. So let's yeah. not pretend it isn't hard. It's so yeah, much yeah. easier when the affair partner isn't uh, in your apartment building Visible. at work. Yes. You know, I mm-hmm. often suggest the man get a new job, which mm-hmm. he's always like, I can't get a new job. You can get a new <laughs> job. You figure it out. No one's that special. You can't get a new job. Okay. It's like, get a new job. That should be the first thing. Cause it is it. And it's also, it's like this, this uh, toxic sludge and every time your husband goes to work you have to think about it but back to what can you do the thing is it is something where um if it becomes its own thing right if you allow gee now i'm in the park and last time i was in the park the affair partner's husband waved at me you let it become your own thing that then you're not doing the things you want to do because you're afraid you're going to see the affair partner it's like right if you if you're there with the your husband, say. Yeah. Yeah, right. It, it, it's like it becomes its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're letting your husband's stupid decisions define you. Now right. you're someone who doesn't go to the park. Now you're someone no one can wave to. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so things you could do is what do you need from your husband in that? Mm-hmm. Do you want your husband to hold your hand showing right. that you are a team, right? Especially I think when you see an affair partner, that's what you want. Like, Hey, I, I see you. I know what, but he's mine mm-hmm. and you're, you were nothing. He discarded you and we're strong right. and we're doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's also like, what do you want? But it's also, what are you afraid of? 
Like the worst thing has happened. Like your husband's cheated on you. And either you believe that he is cut off the affair and move forward or you don't. And then deal mm-hmm. with the, the don't, because all this is, is a trigger and a reminder, which yeah. hopefully as you continue progress and recovery and whatever, because uh, you remember in the beginning, every song on the radio, every TV show, yes. every movie seemed to have infidelity in it. You couldn't escape it. And it's like two yeah. years later, I'm sure you could hear a song on the radio. True. And it's not a direct trigger. Problem with the fair partner's husband is a direct trigger. It mm-hmm. isn't just anything. And so it is hard and it is, so you just have to say, uh, I'm not letting anyone define me. Good. I'm not going to okay. be scared of it. Right. I'm strong. No one's mm. going to get me down. No one's going to tell me what park I can go to, what target I can go to, whatever yeah. I own everywhere I go and to just be empowered by it. That's great. That's great. That's a great tip. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, some questions that we have from members of the Twitter tribe. Um, this one is also about things that uh, probably you recommend they don't do. It's Elisa Phoenix. She asks, I have my husband's passwords to his phone and his computer. I don't check them, however. I tried once and I wasn't well. I got very flooded and even wanted to throw up, so I stopped. I asked my therapist and she doesn't recommend that the betrayed checks devices. What do you think? Okay, so this is a great question. Mm. So glad you answered it because this is a like a top question. So I'm glad we're talking about it. The thing is, checking of the devices usually has nothing to do with your spidey senses, woman intuition going on. It has to do with <sighs> you've had a bad day. You feel bad about yourself. It's that time right. of the month you feel fat. Mm. You've you had a bad day at work, like something's going on, you're feeling insecure and you go to the low hanging fruit on the tree, which is my husband's affair. Let mm-hmm. me go down and see his credit card statements, email, uh, text messages, Instagram account, go down that rabbit hole. And the problem is, is if you're in that mindset, you're going to see something you don't want to see. Mm. Countless times I have been screenshot things that women have thought were smoking guns that are absolutely nothing, nothing at all. It's that they were in them. So what I do recommend is trust, but verify is you take out a calendar and you circle twice in a month, just random days. And you say, and that day I am checking his email, his, this, his, that, the, whatever it is that you think you should check. Right. And that depends on how your husband cheated on you. Right of the things that are going to make. So you're not doing it as a security blanket. You're not doing it because you have low self-esteem and you want to find something further to make you feel bad about yourself. Okay. You're doing it as like, okay, it's the 15th and no, you don't tell them. Right. And you just check it. And then if you see something, it is real. And if you don't see anything, well, isn't that nice? But even if you see something real, unless it is truly a smoking gun whatever i still say don't say anything about it just note it mm-hmm. and then check again in a week right right because okay. what women will do is they'll be in that emotional state they'll find something that's absolutely nothing that's easily explained away but then the husband knows you're still checking right now he yeah. knows to delete what you want him to do is be lazy because men are lazy yeah and let them be lazy and so if they're doing something then you'll catch them Right. But in her case, that she feels like she can't get herself to check. 
well I, she, I don't think she should force herself to do it but it's all but 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 it's also um you know it was trauma she probably checked and that's how she found out it's just like mm. if she was in a car accident she doesn't want to yeah. be at that intersection again for a while right mm-hmm. but okay. but so, and, you know, and the trade spouses are really some of the most kick-ass, strongest women I have ever met. They are so strong and they're also so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Here you've had this devastating thing happened. And then it's like, should I do this right? Should I do that right? How can I help right. them? How can I do that? And it's like, baby, you've just been through something so terrible and so bad. And yeah. no, if you don't want to check it, don't. But maybe you want to check in in a couple months to just say you can do it. Yes, thank you for reminding us <laughs> about that. Because we, yeah, you are absolutely right. We tend to be so hard on ourselves and so demanding. Yeah, because, you know, and I say this to my husbands all the time. There is no one on the planet that wants to get through this quicker mm. than your wife. Exactly. Yeah. She is doing everything really in her power to get yeah. through this. Okay, great. I have another question. I have an, a few more. Okay. Uh, from Rosie B. Uh, she says, I don't believe my spouse has told me the truth about the physical extent of his affair. Sometimes I don't think it's important. And other times I feel like he's going to tell me there was more to it after I've healed. How important is it for the unfaithful spouse to reveal the extent of the affair? What are the consequences for keeping the nature of the affair secret? Well, I call this the drip, drip, drip of truth. Mm. Uh, Right. And a bad cat and mouse game can begin where here is the story. And then the, uh, the woman does research and finds out that there's significant details that were left out okay you're right you know oh we were just friends Mm. oh uh we met up in person but i just kissed her oh what do you know we slept together you know but it's always her finding it out that creates this like cat and mouse game but it's called the drip 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 of truth and what men don't understand is every new piece of information a woman gets it's a whole story that now she has to reprocess Mm -hmm. and decide if she should stay or go yeah yeah, exactly. Like I heard this story. I wrapped my brain around it. I decided, and, and these circumstances, staying in my marriage was something I want to do. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, is that men do lie. Sorry. You know, I, I, men come in and they're like, oh yeah, we were just inappropriate or whatever. And I, I kind of assume that they slept together. And <laughs> I, I, I say to my husbands, cause we do a joint session where mm-hmm. really I try to have the man shut up because he does more damage in the first session. <laughs> uh, you know, let the woman talk about where she is and how she's been right. portrayed. But in the individual session, I try to explain to him, like, if your wife has already made it to my office, she's really wanting to stay. Right. It's so much easier if you rip that Band-Aid off, tell her everything. I know you think she's going to leave you and all that stuff. But really, mm-hmm. they always withhold like 5%. I'm like, give that 5%. Say you met with me. It'll be your get, get out of jail free card. But really sit down and say, say the whole thing because it, it allows you to get over. How important is it? I'm telling you it's critical. It's critical, yeah. critical. I talk about the movie The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. which um, – you know, 
clients my age (laughs) have seen. Oh, you know, Sixth Sense. I love that movie. Okay. So spoilers to a movie that's like 15 years old, but spoilers for The Sixth Sense. So you get through The Sixth Sense. Helen, have you seen The Sixth Sense? I haven't seen it myself, no. You haven't. Okay. Well, spoilers to you. Let's just say at the end of it, you realize there was a really important detail that was left out. That mm. makes you want to see the movie all over again to again. say, how did I miss that detail? Okay. Where is that detail? So right. go ahead and watch Sixth Sense. Hopefully I haven't spoiled okay. it for you. But you're like, here's a detail. How did I miss that detail? And if you're me, you have to sit, see the movie all over again. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. To be like, how the hell did I miss it? So timeline is critical. Okay. But mm-hmm. men keep thinking, if I tell her the thing, one, the one too many thing, then she'll leave me. What he doesn't realize, it's the timing. Mm-hmm. If, if, when you find out your husband's cheating on you, you're just so stunned. You're blindsided. Like my book, right? Blindsided by yeah, his betrayal. Blindsided, it's yeah. like, say it all. Say yeah. it all right then. Because it's just yeah. like, then it's one big thing to get over. But every time you retrust, you hear the story, this is it. Then you do the CSI and you find another detail. And he's like, oh, yeah. by the way, there was another girl. Or, oh, by the way... This happened it was, a, it was a bit longer than what I originally told yeah. you. Was. Yeah, then it is. And I tell men, your wife isn't going to leave you because of the affair. Mm. That's not why she's going to leave you. Because again, if they get to my office, they're wanting to stay. Exactly. Um, she's going to leave you because you're a shady McShader. Yeah. She's fundamentally trying to decide, are you in fact the good man that she mm-hmm. married, that mm-hmm. fathered her children? who's made terrible mistake decisions and has just been selfish and whatever, or are you this bad man that she's missed it the entire time? Once a cheater, all the cheater, right? She's trying to figure out constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And so all she's saying is that it's not like, wow, okay, I'm respecting you. I'm telling you the truth. I'm never going to lie to you again. Let's move forward. It's the lies continue. And of course it's, being selfish i'm deciding what you need to know what you don't need to know yeah because i'm a coward yes yes they don't realize okay i have a a couple of questions about children um angela says my son was out with the affair partner's son they go to the same school my son didn't want to be driven past the affair partner's house on the so I picked him up instead of carpooling with others. Long chat with my husband and I said to him, if our son ever gets cheated on, this will come back to bite you. Uh, their question to you is how does her husband broach this to their son as he gets older? He was 11 when he found her physically attacking his father at 4 a.m. after learning of the affair earlier that evening. Well, there's a lot there. Yeah. One is, again, you know, men just don't think it through, do they? They just don't think it through. We mm-hmm. think that they're playing chess and, oh, he had to know, he betrayed me. And it's like, no, you can't. You can't think he would do this to his child, mm-hmm. right? And it just shows, like, the lack of, of thinking through the consequences, okay? Yeah. I take a very strong position that the children should not know. Yes, I know. I take a <laughs> That's very... That's why I, I brought it up with you. Yeah, I take a... In these cases, they found out 
by yeah like my children by us not being able to hide it well and and it's and it's hard and it does place a a burden on them and it also uh lets them kind of destroys their innocence you talked about a fantasy you know have have after it does put in their mind some of them Mm -hmm. that either you're the one cheating or you're the one cheated on so don't yeah. fully love because they could cheat on you or mm-hmm. let me cheat first. Right. And also, you know, a father, I'm a little traditional in certain ways, you know, a father and mother, you know, provide moral guidance to their children. Yeah. And it's like, how am I going to take advice from you? Even though it might be good advice. Maybe it's advice regarding drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's advice on waiting until marriage to have sex. Maybe there's, yeah. there are many good things that a father would want to tell a son that now he's lost his moral leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus a son's just pissed off at his dad. It's very natural. If you have raised your son, right. Is my opinion. And he finds out anyone has hurt his mother. Yeah. He should want to put that person, punch that person in the nose. Yeah. I would expect no less of my sons if they were older to yeah. want to do that because that means you've raised them right that they want mm-hmm. to that they go from being nurtured to being protective okay yes again mm-hmm. I preface this by I'm traditional in certain senses okay yeah so that does cause then a conflict because then there's like I'm very angry at dad for hurting my mom yes you know so it's it's, it's all of that stuff what do you do because sometimes tragically and I do mean tragic with a capital T it's the child who finds out about the affair yes unwittingly not even knowing says something to the mom who then connects the dots and then that's yes. guilt that's so much yeah. guilt on a child that she mm-hmm. oh it's terrible um so what do you do when it's a it's like it's something you get through and hopefully the child will see the parents working on the marriage right that marriage is yeah. work it isn't easy hopefully they see their parents getting through a rough point, having fun, smiling, going on vacations and date nights without the child. Mm -hmm. We have a relationship. We have a marriage. We prioritize us. You know, if you don't, then people can lose their way. People can lose sight of what's important. So hopefully as they recover and they're positive and they're loving to each other and he sees that, that then the cheating is comes across as differently. It isn't this yeah. horrible thing that happened to his mom and embarrassed him in the community. Right. It's, it's gee, uh, marriage is work. Cause you yeah. know, cause marriage is work. I don't think yeah. parents do their kids a favor when they never, ever yell in front of the kids or never fight in front of the kids. Yeah. Like, I don't think it should be a habit and I don't think you should do wounding back handed things or demeaning things or whatever but like a little mm-hmm. argument that then you get through and you're a happy couple uh holding cans and kissing each other in the kitchen again i think does show children like oh you can you can fight and get through something I'm- yeah and i think it can be a, a a growing experience for everyone like i went through it uh with my parents as well and it was an opportunity for us to do uh, therapy and and do personal growth and I found out about things and I got tools that I wasn't going to get at school 
so it was uh, it was positive in many ways, um, but I feel and um, I think Angela is asking like in the future when this child grows, like when I I grew up and now I went through infidelity and I got all this anger against my own father because he never apologized to me, but. You know, it's also his lack of communication skills. After so many years, probably he doesn't feel like, let's sit down and talk about this. You are hurting. I'm sorry for what I did. Uh, it was that simple, but he wasn't able to do it. So uh, well, maybe men, men have a hard time at all viewing this as they did anything to their kids and their family. That's pretty much all men. They mm-hmm. view it as there was a problem in the marriage. Yeah. And so they did their thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Women usually do a much better job of how will this impact my kids if I cheat. They do. They think about it. Um, So, yes, I mean, there there might be a place for because because you said that there might have been like anger or violence or whatever. Or sometimes it's just dad sleeping in the guest room or on the couch. Like what's Mm -hmm. going on? Mom is Mm -hmm. clearly very, very angry at daddy. Yeah. Right. So they don't even know. And I say what would be, you know, age appropriate, you know, whatever age they are, it's like daddy did something that really hurt mommy's feelings. And so yeah. now we're working through it. So do, does the daddy talk to the child that when he gets older? Um, you know, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Cause I think it, I think there are too many variables, right. too many variables on how, how did the kid interpret what meaning right adults were like oh cheating divorce threats Mm. uh you know blah 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 blah. we have all these adult things right we don't know how he as a child processed it what meaning he made um of it it's just like talking to kids about when you're getting a divorce you know we say oh divorce broken home we have all this stuff versus they don't possibly have any of those preconceived notions like they they don't know Uh, presumably the 11 year old has never been in a you know romantic relationship where his hopes (laughs) and dreams were you know uh (laughs) rested on someone he doesn't you know there's no there's no frame of reference of even what um of what cheating is so uh he might sense a, a betrayal or a violation or or whatever and um you know, I don't know. And, the, and, and if the couple is staying together, is it just that, gee, they went through this rough thing and then they weren't in a rough place anymore and they were caring and loving and good communication and, again, prioritized their marriage, went out on date nights, took vacations yeah. without the kids. Like, did they, did they see a happy marriage? Yeah. yeah. Elisa Phoenix asks, uh, her son was even younger. He was five when hell broke loose, she writes. He saw me hurting and yelling at his dad, and he thinks I'm the bad guy. Um, research shows, she says, that if the father cheats, the son will cheat. How do we help our boys grow up faithful? Well, um, you know, just just the question, right? Mama boys, I have two boys myself. You know, how do we help them develop into functional human beings? <laughs> Um, I joke in my practice that men are allowed to have three feelings. Mm. Okay. They're allowed by society they're allowed to be happy, mm-hmm. they're allowed to be angry, and they're allowed to be drunk. 
And from the drunk feeling, they can have the I love you man moments. Okay. So I think one, it's helping them identify feelings, Mm. allowing them to have feelings. And I think uh, mothers do, uh, that's kind of our role is you seem to have a hard day. Well, what happened? And, and so they even, cause you know, they get to my office and the wife's like, why is he never expressing himself? He's like, it's not that I know I have feelings and I'm withholding. I just don't know the feelings exist. If I True. knew the feelings existed, I would absolutely tell my wife, but they just don't exist in a way she thinks they do. I'm like, so we can oh, train okay. them. Yeah. We can train them. That's we can a, help that's them. Great it's piece called, of advice. It's yeah. called mirroring. It's called yeah. like, gee, you mm. look this way. How are mm. you feeling? Are you okay? And and not then minimizing them and attacking them and not letting them uh, feel that way. There's also prizing, you know, men, uh, sons over daughters, where the sons can do whatever they want. And yeah. the daughter's job is to just like go along with it, do the dishes, do whatever. Yeah. Okay? So it's also not having the little prince syndrome where they mm-hmm. can do everything without any consequences as long as they're, you know, doing well in school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Let's move on. We have a a couple of questions left. Uh, True Love 91 says, it's been a little over a year since D-Day, 10 months since full disclosure. I'm still having intrusive thoughts when my husband and I are making love. Tried breathing, focusing on our bodies, thinking about my excess. I'm looking for specific suggestions to block the affair partner from my brain. Okay, so one, in my book, I say, do not ask for X-rated details. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's part of the why, it's part of the timeline. It's like wanting to know every single detail. And I always say, like, don't. Don't, I mean, there's certain things. Did you use protection? Um, you know, could I have an STD? By the way, no. even if your husband just said, I met her for lunch, we never slept together, get an STD test today, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And you have to ask extra for the herpes test. They yeah. don't automatically include it in the panel, but don't believe him. Protect yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the so the first thing is to prevent you even from hearing that because then it's the bad movie. Then you find out they did anal sex and you don't like anal sex. And now yeah. you're feeling pressured to do anal sex, mm-hmm. right? Or he got blowjobs. You don't like giving blowjobs. Therefore, that must be why he cheated. And it's like, right. mm, no, no, unless he was into like some really kinky stuff and he went to a particular prostitute for it. Like, cause mm-hmm. right. Maybe something like that. Okay. But usually it's just the excitement of the affair. And someone appreciated him, laughed at his jokes, thought he was amazing, and that's uh, that's all it was. It was new, new is always exciting. Um, it's all new, knowing someone else's body and all that stuff. So it was the newness was the exciting point. Yeah, and the cheating was well before he was in the bedroom with her. Exactly. So so the the intrusive thought is one found out too many details. Usually, uh, you know found you know imagines that she was like some sex kitten in bed and so much better and you know that's usually so far from the case you know the idea that it's a 20 something year old (laughs) and it i mean so many women are like he's dated someone as old older than me not as good looking at me like couldn't he even cheated 
I call it cheating up. That's, that's, we have a Madden rule. If you're going to cheat on me, cheat up. Yeah. I want it to be a 20 year old. Want it really hot. Exactly. Okay. Don't, don't go older than me. I'm almost 50. Like don't go older than me. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, so, so it's stopping the intrusive thoughts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, preventing that from even happening, but when you're there, it, it's the comparison It's that she can't get out of her head. One, there's trauma. Like let's yeah. not minimize the fact that it's trauma. And so depending on what her trauma was, it's again, could you be good to yourself? It's been 10 months. That means like there was two months there possibly of being lied to D-Day, mm-hmm. uncovering the truth that it first went from, we just met to lunch and now you found out they were in hotel rooms. Like, so, you know, give yourself a break. Uh, I'm happy that she is trying to have sex, trying to get back mm-hmm. into it and not being fearful of it. So yeah. she should be proud of herself for getting to the place where she's trying Exactly. And it tends to be, so it's a trauma response, but it's also, it, it's also, she's getting in her head, thinking of them. It's like a ghost in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, being present on the husband could be helpful. I hear that she's already tried relaxation, uh, yeah. tech techniques. Okay. Cause that, that would be the other thing breathing, that I yeah. recommend breathing. Cause all those things, um, she's doing on her own or someone's advised her is this idea of being in the present. Yeah. Cause all of those anxious thoughts, she's thinking she's anxious. She's anxious with a little bit of depression, right? Yeah. She's thinking about the future. She's thinking about how he was so much happier with her. Okay. So she's lost in her own thought mm-hmm. process. Okay. So having a glass of wine, right? I'm a therapist. I'm recommending that. I think mm-hmm. having a glass of wine, having the romance begin before the bedroom, Right. Right. Where you have some time where you're connecting, uh, you're laughing at his jokes again. He's smiling. You're having some time to honestly to smell him, remind yourself that you like him, have a drinky poo or whatever people are doing these days. Okay. And like relax as you're coming into the bedroom and understand that you're, you're, uh, you're getting lost in your thought stream. So it's even the grounding exercises of how does the bed feel under me? Uh, you know, how does my husband smell and just trying to focus on the present to be present, Um, yeah, to be present when intrusive thoughts like this happen outside the bedroom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, there are different techniques that could be used, but it's really trying to focus on the, um, on the present, uh, is is, a grounding and have a little drink is helpful. Probably for her, also, if I remember correctly, the she's mentioned it a few times that the affair partner is a lot younger. Oh, yeah. That's just, mm. you know, especially if she had any sort already of I'm going through menopause mm. or I gained weight after the kids. It's like you're already taking what's there and putting, you know, fuel on the fire. And it's and it's hard. But it's the cheating began before the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was that someone showed him interest. That helps a lot. And also for her to appreciate how far she's come and how well she's doing. I mean, because facing menopause is not easy for anyone. So, you know, the fact that um, we become lovers again and uh, and willing to express and give our best and be there for them and enjoy our marriage. It's uh, a lot to give us credit for. So she should be proud, like you said. 
Yeah, because that's really, really hard. Yeah, exactly. That's hard to be vulnerable again. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's what's going on is she's feeling vulnerable. So she goes into her thought stream. So she's yeah. not, so she's not present to the vulnerability of making love to her husband again. Yeah. I mean, You'll maybe be- that's the benefit she gets is that she's not fully present and vulnerable with her husband because he hurt her. Exactly. You, you've reminded us of so many important things. Thank you so much. I'm sure this is going to help so many people. We are so grateful for your time. Uh, and I will just uh, give you the mic for you to say any last thing you want to say to, to our audience. Oh, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, you know, couples who go through this are some of the strongest, bravest people I've, I've ever met. Um, and if you're in the beginning stages, remember, you don't have to make a decision today. Strong women wait for the dust to settle. When you find out your husband's cheated, it's like a souvenir snow globe that's been mixed up. You, you can take your time to see when the dust settles, what the, what the picture is. Don't feel rushed into making a decision to stay or go. Just note, just note what's going on and take a deep breath because it's a hell of a ride. Dr. Caroline Madden, thank you so much for today's conversation. Thank you. Anytime. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.